How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in, in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without somebody preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? And you're talking about those networks of support that it really is our job primarily to send those students, those believing students into the school, give them that platform, the club, to have a safe place to share the gospel and talk about Jesus in the school building. Working with the local church to take the hope of Christ to every student in the United States. This is First Priority. Now here are your hosts, Steve Cherico and Brad Skelling. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the First Party Podcast. I'm Brad Skelling. This is... My name is Steve Cherico. Welcome to the podcast. It is good to be here again today. It is. Yes. It's a good morning. It is a good morning. As of the recording of this podcast, we're a week before fall conference. As of the airing of this podcast, we are celebrating the week after fall conference. Nice. Yes. You just double time stamped a podcast. I did. I'm pretty sure that's illegal and not supposed to happen. I mean, we can start over if you want. Not at all. I think it's excellent. Okay. When you break the rules twice, mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of renegade stuff. Rules are made to be broken. I agree. I, I live that way. They are Jeez. guidelines. Yeah. They're like speed bumps on the side of yeah. where we're wanting to go. And in a Jeep, I just go on the grass around Correct. the speed bump. Exactly. I don't go over it. I knew your personality okay. and I just, I'm joining you today. <laughs> Color outside the lines, my friend. Color outside the lines. Well, for those of you who were at conference mm-hmm. this past week, we're super grateful you've jumped in on the podcast. For those of you who missed it, I can only say that I believe that it was amazing. It was an amazing time. Good. Yes. So uh, don't miss the next one. In were... fact, there's not a next one per se. The next thing would be spring meetings. They spring meetings. on their calendar. Yep. Uh, those dates are being worked out as we speak and locations, um, the usual kind of uh, deals. We'll do one. Here. I think I'm hosting one next year. You're hosting one next I year. Am. We'll do one over in in the East Tennessee, Southeast Kentucky area. We'll probably do one down in Florida. Uh, can I volunteer not to be at the one in Nashville and go to the one in Florida? Sure. Okay. Yeah. You run the Nashville one. I'm going to Florida. It'll be much better that way. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Not, not bothered at all. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But I believe the next fall conference, we're having a team meeting tomorrow to decide that. But Great. October 23, 24, 25, I'm not going to say location. But yeah, don't say it yet until mm-hmm. we confirm. But mm-hmm. that's good that we have dates and we're thinking out that far. That's, that's right. That's right. Nice. So, so what are we talking about today? We are talking about the core focus of First Party of America. Okay. It's not rocket science. It's one of those things where I feel like it doesn't need to be said. But when you talk about leadership and casting vision, people need to hear things multiple times in order for it to really stick. And so we're gonna dive deep into our core focus today. Great. Does that start with our mission? Well, it depends what uh, language you're using. If we're following the traction thing, which core focus is traction language, Mm -hmm. um, then our core focus has two parts, which kind of contradicts the core part of the focus. It implies one part, but we have a passion and we have a niche uh, that we get into when it comes to our core focus. What are we passionate about and what is that kind of niche, that angle that makes us different from everyone else? And that is what we focus on when we do ministry. I like it. Does that make sense? It does. It makes tons of sense. I like it. I'm taking notes. <clears throat> taking notes. I am. This is, this is different. I like it. 
you're learning from me. This is a good thing. Just keep talking. <laughs> our passion, you gotta stop and pause when you get a, when we get a moment. So our passion, which everyone has heard, who's been part of First Priority for more than three minutes, yep. is to take the hope of Christ to every student. It's the passion that we have. Yeah, and for those who uh, love to own things, mm -hmm. then it's to take the hope of Christ to every student in Greater Nashville. Correct. In South Florida, mm -hmm. right? But yep. the First Party of America passion is? The United States. Correct. Mm -hmm. Which student-wise, how many students are we talking about these days in public schools? 41,000 public, middle, and high schools in America. It's the broad generalization we continue to hold on to. Yep. Even though we continue to hear about consolidation and new buildings every day. Happened, happened all summer this summer in our districts mm -hmm. and our chapters across correct, the country. Correct. Yep. Their numbers are different again this fall, but yep. we continue to hold to that 41,000 and growing number there. Um, you know, off the top of my head, I'm not sure where we are with the number of students. I hear anywhere from 23 to 28 million in public schools okay. current. I sure. feel like we've talked about 28 million public school mm -hmm. students for a long time. Yep. But that would be an interesting number for us to see if the Department of Education finally has that now that we're a few months in. Yeah, we have to look that one up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and if you back those numbers off, that brings me down to the, if you follow the, you know, 4% or whatever, go to church on a regular basis, Bible-believing, whatever, that's still 3 million Bible-believing Christians walk in the halls of our of our schools, public, middle, and high schools, yep. that uh, we can empower as an army to take the hope of Christ to every student. So yep. it's good stuff. Yep, that's good. You're mm -hmm. working off a 12% number, by the way, if you back Is that it up. Is that a 12%? Yeah, it's a 12% oh, okay. number, but I, it's still the low number that's being mm -hmm. sent out by Barna and the other research groups. Okay, okay. You've, we've heard everything mm -hmm. from 12% to 30% kids who have mm -hmm. some sort of profession of Christ mm -hmm. in American public schools. So right. if you use the lowest denominator, you're still at 3 million kids, so you're exactly They right. are not a remnant. That's the not. moral to that story. Yep, exactly mm -hmm. right. We, we have a, a large army that we can empower, which gets into the niche. The other side of it, our passion is to take the hope of Christ to every student, but our niche is students reaching students. So that segued very well into that niche to say, hey, we are about empowering those millions to share the hope that they have in Christ. And I think as first party leaders, we've got to be really wise in the way we discuss that, mm -hmm. because there are so many layers to the networks we're building. Mm -hmm. Again, if you're a first priority vet, this is not news to you, but if you're somebody that's new to us, we're looking to build networks of support mm -hmm. around the students. Yep. There's a parent group that prays and provides, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There's business leaders that actually the owners of the community, they're the ones that are really putting the money down to say, let's do this. Yep. Uh, this is their future employees. They want to see kids not only reached, but raised up in yep. leadership. Yep. Right, and then you've got the youth pastors that are already seeing students, but desire to be involved in a greater way. And mm -hmm. So you, you've got these networks of support, and each of those, that niche is really important to define that for them. Mm -hmm. Right, and so here's my right. example. My example is, I get a call yesterday from one of our chapters, and they're talking about the fact that they've got a faculty sponsor mm -hmm. who will not let go of the club. Mm. And the fact, teachers are amazing, right? Yep. They're incredible. Yep. So. This, this leader doesn't want to destroy this faculty, mm -hmm. but does want to help them understand that, hey, it, it doesn't work this way and you're putting everybody at risk. Yeah. How can we help you find value in this yep. and still really train students to reach the students, not for it. you to lead an hour Bible club yeah. and then it's to your seven hour teaching day. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Correct, yeah. 
So that's just one of the layers, I think, in our niche that we really need to talk about as we think about the networks is, yes, it, we are necessary yep. in reaching students and empowering students for the sake of the body of Christ mm -hmm. in America. That's right. Well, it's our, it's our call. Um, when we talk about this, I go back to Romans 10, 13 to 15 all the time. Um, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We've all heard that. And how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news are the bookends to those three verses. But there's the series of questions that are in between. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in, in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without somebody preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? And you're talking about those networks of support that it really is our job primarily to send those students, those believing students into the school, give them that platform, the club, to have a safe place to share the gospel and talk about Jesus in the school building. And so to me, that, that sent part of it, that preaching part of it, that really is our responsibility as these networks, whether you're a teacher or a youth pastor or a parent or whatever, to say, hey, we see this lost generation. We, we have compassion, like Jesus had compassion for the crowds. We have compassion for them, not judgment on them. Get into a lot of adult conversations, um, even in the school yesterday, uh, having a band meeting where they start, you know, just judging the, the new language and all the different woke things that are going on out there. It's not judgment, it's compassion, right? To mm -hmm. say, hey, we need to send uh, believing students into a lost and broken world and to share the light of Jesus with them um, because they're lost and broken. They're creating these things. They're, they're making stuff up because they don't know the truth. Nobody shared the gospel of Jesus with them. Jesus has been a curse word in the halls of the public schools for a lot of, a lot of years, but nobody's talked about him as a savior. So if we can create that place where, hey, you know, God loves me, I've never heard that before. That can change, that does change lives um, in the halls of our schools. Yeah, so then I'll jump on that. So we talk about transformation of the halls of the school. I think about one of our schools locally mm -hmm. where the students are realizing what we taught them, what, mm -hmm. we, what we shared with them in our trainings, which was, hey, if we do this right, the gathering, the time together for the club mm -hmm. is really just a setup mm -hmm. for what you're going to live yes. throughout the week, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. so they're finding great opportunities to interact on things that they have dealt with inside the club yep. and bring the hope of Christ to every student in their school, mm -hmm. not just be dependent on a weekly meeting in order to do that. Yep, It's, uh, it's been a launching point for them. Mm -hmm. And so it's been fun for me from a... Uh, from a global view, right? From looking on the outside to watch them maneuver that and discuss that and interact around that. And hear our campus coach talk about, well, this is what's going on and watch their group me and hear them dealing with stuff throughout the week. Mm -hmm. All driven by the fact that they meet on a weekly basis as the club. That's right. That's right. And it's again, that safe place to start hearing the words of Jesus comes out of the mouths of teenagers, right? So, uh, not to pick on your faculty sponsor, but you know, you, you get put in charge of something, you're generally upfront talking. And so a faculty sponsor's natural and our natural yeah. intuition is to stand up and lead at that point in time. Yeah. But that is not our call. That is not our thing. Our, our thing is to take these students who have sat in church most of their lives, who've heard it all, but may have never heard it come out of their mouth before 
and to help them to articulate that gospel message in the school. And uh, there's, yeah, two things that are happening there brand new. Number one, the gospel's coming out of the mouths of teenagers. And number two, it's coming out of the mouths of teenagers inside the school building. Yeah. And uh, both of those things will change lives, both in the students and in those who hear from that student. Which I think should be helpful language for those of us who run into school settings where there is some sort of club, FCA, Young Life, mm-hmm. Youth for Christ, mm-hmm. Crew, whatever you want to name it, right? FCS. Yep. yep. There's some sort of club already there. Yep. And the principal or the administration says, well, why? Why do I also need you? Mm-hmm. Right? That The understanding of our niche, mm-hmm. the understanding of why we exist in the body of Christ, mm-hmm. would be really helpful to look back at them and say, we need all of it. That's right. You got 1,200 students on your school campus. Mm-hmm. We need all of it. Yep. But this is our niche and this is why we exist because we yep. empower students to reach their peers with the good news, which is the faith they're trying to live out as a whole believer, mm-hmm. not as a fragmented believer. That's right. So I, I think that's really helpful because I'm sure um, even now, as we're hearing about clubs and communities uh, where clubs are launching later in the school year than it normally does, because it's taking longer, right? Um, That that's helpful language as they're interacting with the administration, helping them understand why this is a necessary thing. That's right, that's right. Well, and and it's the the coolest part about this is that our core focus helps us to stay focused. And it's not complicated, but it's also not easy. Both of those two things. We talk about getting those students in there. You don't know what a student's going to do. Will talked about that at our quarterly meeting the other day. And, and hey, yeah, a student gets up front and they've been a Christian their entire life. And why are we here? Well, we're going to talk about Jesus. And yeah, really, they don't know what to do because they've never been put in that situation before. So again, it, it, that's the not easy part, right? Is empowering these students, putting that in their hands and uh, helping them to learn to lead, grow in maturity in their faith. Which to me just reminds me as a leader, as a city Mm -hmm. leader, as a uh, regional leader, whatever, right? Whatever my job is, whoever I'm with, whether it's volunteers, whether it's paid staff, Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's vision casting, mission and vision have to always be on the front of that conversation. That's right. It will then trickle down to core focus. Mm -hmm. But I've got mm-hmm. to make sure that I establish, because we are a niche product, mm-hmm. right? I establish very clearly to whatever audience I have, hey, this is our mission, this is our vision. That's right. All those other things are amazing. Yep. Do them, be a part of them. Yep. But this is who we are. Yep. And we've seen fruit mm-hmm. from who we are. So That's we're right. going to stay the course. That's right. Throughout. That's right. And I, I think sometimes we do what you said on the front end. Mm-hmm. If you've been around first priority for three minutes, well, then mm-hmm. you know our mission. That's right. You know our vision. You know, it just roll right. And yet, because that's what we live every day, we make this assumption that everybody else is that way too. And they're that's not. Right. That's right. They're not. Even even some of us who have boards, right? Our board of directors at times are like, say it again. Exactly. Say it one more time. Uh-huh. Right? And it's like, yep. hey, you've been with me for years. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I don't think about it every day. I only that's think right. about it when you ask me to. That's right. So. Yep. And they have to catch back up again and refresh that in their mind. And, oh yeah, okay, stand back up on that foundation and then we can move forward. Correct. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. I like it. Well, Brad, that's a good quick discussion, but thanks for the podcast. It is a good quick discussion. It's an essential conversation to keep in front of us at all times. Um, Whatever level of leadership you are in with First Priority, I encourage you to share that with those who you are leading with. 
uh, whether that be your club or your network, uh, your chapter, district, wherever you are, mm -hmm. uh, I encourage you just to spend a moment uh, this week talking about this core focus and uh, having a conversation with, with the fellow leaders that you're with. It's good. It's good. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Appreciate uh, your support in helping take the hope of Christ to every student by students reaching students. We are better together. Until next time. Later. See ya.